शेषापहंसी तुष्टा दुष्टा तो टपिक इज इट इज कॉल दिन द गेट्स ऑफ लाइट ओ मदर दैट वॉज ए टॉपिक हुई वी डीड इट इन द फर्स्ट सेगमेंट एंड आई थॉट दैट वी कैन मेक अनदर मोर डिस्कशन ऑन दिस पॉइंट द मेन आइडिया इज दैट वी फाइंड एस्टॉसिंगली दैट the great people who are established in their highest knowledge of non dualistic vedantic concept even they are praying to some power which is called the divine mother and what is the secret and how what philosophical uh, support of their praying like that it sometimes we in our ignorance we think that gana is higher bhakti is lower someone is uh, not up to that that's why they are practicing bhakti this is how it is dealt so we last time we talked about it from the perspective of sankhya philosophy sankhya philosophy is a oldest philosophy from which background we try to understand that there is a place of what is called the grace uh, and that grace is imminent and it is not different from what the vedanta understands and we we our this quote was taken from swami vivekananda's poem my play is done and that's very inspirational poem which tells us that you have to exhaust the experience of life when all the aspirations all the search for trying to reach the truth to attain to that bliss when it exhausts then comes a point sincere seeker of truth then calls upon something which is really they come to some some such support where help is needed so swami vivekananda a person like him who has always been staying in the non dualistic 
level of thought and he is praying in this type of language which actually creates a deep impact into our mind to think on the topic a little a bit more deeply and profoundly. And as I last time I also said that the Sankaracharya, a great Vedanta philosopher and founder, he also in some device composed some very beautiful prayers to Divine Mother. And those prayers are so profound that it is not a prayer from a, for a, from a person who does not know about the highest truth of life. It is, they are fully aware of the non-dualistic absolute reality which is called Brahman and they are established in that in Samadhi but still they are talking about Oh Mother, please eh, break the door, open, open the door so that the truth comes to my life. So these are Sri Ramakrishna's life we find Tutapuri. He was established in Nirvikalpa state of Samadhi and then he accepted Divine Mother under the guidance of Sri Ramakrishna. We find Samitturiyananda, a great non-dualist in our order who has been established from the early days, I am Atman, I am Brahman. And ultimately, again, last part of his letters, you see, mother, 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 uh, when he was conducting the retreat in Shanti Ashram in San Francisco. That time you'll find those who are there always telling, why do you have no trust on mother? Rely on her, everything will happen. And a great, great inspiration uh, which we get from his letters also where he's talking about mother, mother, mother. So this is a secret as it were. How this type of people, we know we are ordinary people when we are in trouble, uh, we don't even non-believers, I don't believe in God. But the word comes out, oh God, huh? oh my God. That comes up <laughs> without our own effort. Uh, in any difficult situation, just uh, anyone, uh, unconsciously that this voice comes out, oh my God. That means we don't believe in God. But there is something where we are just astonished to understand. So this is the point that this absolute knowledge is the ultimate goal. And Vedanta speaks in one way and Bhakti school speaks in another way. But they are not contradictory. Mind it. I am not here to create a sense that, oh, bhakti is so great, so jnana is nothing. That's not that point. Point is that it is our misconception where we actually have the mis-idea. Their idea is that, that they are too different. But it is not too different. It is the one and the same. In the... Um, today my top discussion will be based on, as I said, the other day we did it from the basis of Sankha philosophy, uh, elaborately. So today we like to focus on the Vedanta and Tantra. So Vedanta perspective and Tantra perspective, these are the two important uh, directions what 
Indian spirituality took uh, their journey into it. Ma, now the question is that these are fundamentally to understand this is not a contradictory topic we are bringing. It is Sri Ramakrishna said that is like con it is like reconciling what is called uh, the self-effort and God's grace. Vedanta says, I am Atman, I am Brahman, say always that. They are not the body, not the mind. And the bhakti school or the surrender will say, Oh mother, I am helpless child. Please do whatever you like. Guide me. Be my companion all the time. Guide me. Hold my hand. This is the approach. But we have to understand one Vedanta, one who is practicing, he is a student. And Bhakti who is practicing, he is also a student. There is no hierarchy in that. Though, apparently, in ignorance, intelligent people may think, I am better than the other people who does not know that much. Huh? But it is not the point. Point is deep here. The subject is that we both are leading to one conclusive experience. And that experience is to be one with the absolute marching, you call in in love or in knowledge. So you become one with the truth. Separation does not remain. So it can be said that this talking about Vedanta and Tantra is one is Vedanta can be said that it is the it is called Siddhanta Grantha. It's a conclusive idea. Everyone will reach there. Whether you follow any path or not, ultimate realization will end there. Though devotees want to make a separation, create a little bit separation from the divine, but ultimately that is impossible. Sri Ramakrishna said, what happens when the boat, the ship was going, and suddenly it started losing its nuts and bolts. And later on found out that it is the ma ma magnet mountain. So God is that magnet mountain where your individuality, you cannot, how much you read I, 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 I am this, I am that, I will not remain at that point. Ramakrishna gave the example of the salt doll trying to measure the infinite ocean. And you cannot keep that. But anyhow, the question is that when we talk about this uh, Vedanta and Tantra. So one is a conclusive scripture which gives the clear concept where we are going, the map of life. And Tantra is a practical guide to reach that same principle, same truth in a very scientific way. Tantra has a very bad connotation in this country and most of the places. But Tantra is seeing the divine or the mother in everywhere. And that is the goal. Whatever stages of Tantra, it is there. But we are not concerned about those stages. But the question is that goal is to see the divine or divine mother in all. Everything is created eh, by mother. It is sustained by mother. It is the mother's love, which you call love, 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 we can say. That Satchidananda is percolated. That is the same language is only different. So in that it is called, one is called Siddhanta Sastra, the scripture which is conclusively aiming at the goal, ultimate goal. 
and tantra is a which you call the sadhana shastra to make it regular day-to-day life is a practice so that's why you see in the ramakrishna order we are all vedantins or ultimately we are all monks and the principle is based on vedanta but our practice you see we worship mother we worship so many divine aspects particularly mother has a great impact in our whole even ramakrishna and holy mother you see so these are the touch how we can channelize our spirituality uh, from this level of duality to that non-dual level so let me see what is maya in vedanta they will say why this universe they say maya because it is maya what is maya maya is Swami Vivekananda says a statement of fact uh, Vedanta will say Maya is uh, covering Maya is ignorance then so why ignorance came well you cannot put that question that's a puts us into difficult situation and he says that Maya cannot be explained you are in Maya well what is like that well you sleep in the night and you dream when you dream the dream is dream world is so real you cannot say that it is you are dreaming you are thirsty you drink water you are angry you fight you get emotional you run you sleep you do everything as you are doing now but that time you don't think that you are dreaming it is all all non-existence creation of the mind this is also according to Vedanta this is a great long dream that is a shorter dream every night and we come back to the bigger dream that's why <laughs> but this dream has a consistency that's why we get puzzled uh, because it has been Vedanta says it has been it has been the product of the cosmic mind individual mind thinks one way and the cosmic mind thinks another way we are bound by where this under the spell of the cosmic mind so the cosmic mind as cosmic mind has seen sun moon stars earth yeah, human being we all say the same thing but it is a dream that's why Vedanta says you want to come out get out of Maya huh? and there is a beautiful prayer uh, in the monastic tradition it is called Paradushapni Agam Shubha Paradushapna Shapna means we know Shapna is a word called dream dream is a bad dream dushapna this first of all one definition it is dushapna and dushapna not only para this dushapna this bad dream which is going on in the life it is para I means supreme it's very difficult it, you have little power over that so it is called this is the Vedantic way if you are capable and you are bold enough to think that this is maya okay you can do that but when some pinch comes don't cry then or you can say yes i am crying in dream can you say that okay then it's okay for you no problem because you are seeing the reality the absolute oneness and this is a dream and this dream is a longer dream some is shorter dream and some is longer dream and Vedanta does not make any distinction there. These are the dream state and you can come out of this dream. Suppose last night's horrible dream or good dream. When you came out now, you say, oh, it is all dream. 
That's why Shankaracharya, the great propounder of Advaita philosophy, he says that where did go this universe of duality? Odunaiva maya drishtam nastikim mahatadhutam. This world was so palpable, so real, and at the point of experience, I find that everything vanished. Where did it go? Yes, like the dream. Where did it go? Which was so tangible. You are chased by maybe a tiger, or you are crying, and you are perspiring, you are doing everything. You are almost to the point of death, or you are singing, dancing, eating. But where are those things gone when you just woke up in the morning? Are they real or not? This is a big question. We don't deal with this. We take it as natural. When Janaka, this story came, in the Janaka, the king, he had this dream. He was the king, but he was a Noara Brahman. So one day he was in his bed in the palace, and in the dream he saw that another king attacked his country, and with a full army, they came, and he lost the war. And then he was running, 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 just to escape, because the other king wanted to kill him. Anyhow, so when he was running, and the military running after him, so he thought, where to take shelter, and then at that point it becomes so vivid, or some dreams become so vivid, so real. We remember all through life, and it has its impact also. So he was running, 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 and as if he was almost caught, and his head was going to be chopped. It became such a traumatic experience, he woke up. And when he woke up, parallelly, you know, when the kings wake up, there is a morning melody, goes on in the music, music tower, to bring the king out of his sleep. There is a style, traditional style. So that play of beautiful music in the morning raga was going on. And king woke up. But he was so puzzled to feel, is this real or is that real? Is this real or that real? It becomes so in, when ingrained into his thought that he asked, started asking the queen first. He couldn't, she could not say anything. What's going on? Is this or is that? Again, in the courthouse he went. He's very silent and he's asking the same question. Is this real or that real? And he's just puzzled and puzzled. It went on and on. Nobody could respond. And the king is totally devastated as it were in some mental uh, sphere. And then one day uh, Ashtavakra came. And then he said, the Ashtavakra, Janaka, conversation between Janaka and Ashtavakra. He, he said, as soon as he saw, he said, is this real or that real? Janaka, uh, so Ashtavakra being a man of illumination, he said, yes. This is as real as that is real. And it cleared the concept. That means it is a dream to a man of illumination. See, Ramakrishna was walking 
and in the Dakshineshwar or wherever he going to Samadhi. Where goes this universe? Where goes this duality? Where is happiness? Where is misery? All this momentarily is gone. It is gone means it is like where it was not there. That's why Vedanta says it was not there. If it is permanent truth, you cannot change. And also Vedanta says this Maya has two aspects. Maya is one, it is a veiling aspect and another is the projection aspect. Avarana, Bhikshepa. Avarana is like that. When you go to a movie, you wanted to watch the movie, so you just, when we enter and we talking with our friends and chit-chatting, suddenly we find that the switch is off. And when the switch is off, it is darkness, it is called ignorance. First we are entering into the first stage of ignorance. And then as we enter into the stage of ignorance, what happens then? Then some projection comes on the screen. And we are all the hour, one hour or two hours play, whatever goes on the movie, we, our eyes are fixed on the white screen only. Nothing else. We are all the time watching the white screen. But we are seeing all the projections. And look at that. When we are seeing in that projection, you don't think that you are just seeing some projection. You are getting emotionally connected. You are happy, you are unhappy, you are smiling, you are tensed. Huh? Now, nowadays examples are, clear examples are there. 3D, you go to 3D, even 4D is coming, no? So when 4D big screen, you see like that, and I was, I was in one day in a hall, and uh, it, it is so realistic. So I was sitting, and we are few people, and some children were here, mom was there, like that everyone as in the hall becomes. So when it is going on, and a snake, releasing, and it came like that on your head. And suddenly some sort of sensation comes also. They, they blow some air or something, I do not know. And, 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 and the children were just sitting, they jump out of this. <laughs> it creates such tremendous impact. And we are impacted, true. Yes, as if the snake is biting. The tiger is killing me. And when it is hissing and it is tiger, venom is coming as it were. So you know. These are the, in this movie, we, we can see these things in 3D, uh, 4D, more. That with the sensation we can feel, it is not a story, it is not some created, some, uh, some mental imagination, but it is so true that it is real than real. Uh? And really, I, was, I sometimes go and I take out the glass. <laughs> you can enjoy then <laughs> and see see what is going on on the right and left because you can see that this how people are reacting you can see the faces we don't see our own face when I when I get absorbed I don't see my face so here is the same thing I am now absorbed in the ignorance and first part I am in darkness one part with the broad daylight and say thousand watt bulb is focused towards the projectional uh, screen, then you will not be impacted that way. That's why you need a dark room. Ignorance is necessary. 
to create this projection. And now the projection goes in such an intensity that we feel hopeless there and we act and smile and react, we cry, we weep. All this emotional thing comes in our life. So this is the point. Maya has two aspects. One is projecting, first is covering our normal understanding and second it is creating some projection but the point is that nothing happened white screen remains white that's why Vedanta says you are untouched by any blemish you are ever pure stainless nothing has happened nothing can happen the screen remains the screen whether it is a fire it is a storm it is Al-Qaeda I'm sorry, Al-Qaeda, no. <laughs> Ayla. In Indian name, Ayla. <laughs> or here in this country, so big storm and so devastating flood. And so whether you name whatever you want to name. But, you know, but nothing has happened. This screen is not burned. This screen is not clouded. Atomic, one uh, atom bomb, maybe you can see that the or mother bomb, we can know. Mother bomb, mother bomb is powerful bomb. Okay, you can see the reaction, how it is falling and everything. But you know, it is a screen. You are looking all the time to the screen. I am looking at you in my ignorance. I could not see Brahman or Atman as Satchidananda consciousness. It is my fault because I am intrigued into the play of this. That's why Swami Vivekananda said beautifully that. Uh, I am tired of this play. Huh? He says, I have read it the other day, but many of you are today may not be there. So he says, I, the ever rising, ever falling with the waves of time, still rolling on I go from fleeting sin to sin ephemeral with life's currents ebb and flow. Oh, I am sick of this unending force. This shows the please no more. This ever running, never reaching, never even any distant gleams of shore. From life to life, I am waiting at the gates. Alas, they open not. Deem are my eyes with vain attempt to catch one ray long sought. On little life's high, narrow bridge, I stand and see below. Just struggling, crying, laughing throng. For what? No one can know. In front, the in front you get stand frowning dark and say, no further way. This is the limit. Tempt not fate. Bear it as best you may. Go, mix with them and drink this cup. And be as mad as they who dares to know the truth but comes to grip. Stop then and with them stay. Alas, for me I cannot rest. This floating bubble earth, its hollow form, its hollow name, its hollow death and birth, for me is nothing. How I long to get beyond the crust of name and form. Ah, open, open the gates to me, they open must. Open the gates of light, O oh, Mother, 
to me, thy tired son. I long, oh long to return home, mother, my play is done. Here comes the question. You see, watch television, uh, get intrigued, cry and weep again and again. And the moment will say, I am tired, I don't want to be in this type of pain and agony, in this misery, in this projection, in this, what you call, recovering our knowledge and wisdom. And I am engrossed in the projection what I am seeing. I am a baby. I am a puppet in the hand of the world. I cry. I weep. As, as I just gave you the example. Whatever in the scene coming, all the audience are being infected, in, impacted in such a way that you cry, you weep, you jump out. As if it is something really happening. Yes, you cannot say it is not happening. I am seeing it. I am feeling it. It is a realistic thing. But... For a man of experience, he said, I have seen enough. And I'm searching for that joy in every nooks and corners of life. For peace, for happiness, for absolute uh, awareness of my divine nature. But I am tired. I, I don't want anything. This is a hollow bubble. Bubble is beautiful to look at when suns rise fall. Rise fall. Uh, in the the children play with soap, uh, with a pipe. And then beautiful bubbles come out. And it looks so good. But it's bubble, it's hollow. It only appears for a moment. So this is the call here, Vedanta. It is not different because Vedanta is saying you are under the impact of your covering aspect of the Maya and also the projecting aspect of the Maya. You want to get out? Then you say, I won't see any projection. You have to say, I don't want to be covered by ignorance. So there is, this is the philosophy of Vedanta, that I don't want to be anymore intrigued into it. And Vedanta student will struggle, whatever ignorance, what is the impact of the ignorance, this projection, I don't want to be associated with it. But when we do those things, and sometimes our own self-effort uh, takes us to some place where we find, no, it is not making any way out. Trying, it is intellectual understanding. And, but if this intellectual understanding is deepened, naturally, there are many sadhus, many of Indian traditional a monastic ideal or even householder uh, we have heard about that they are day and night meditating on this topic. Is this dream or that dream? If it is a dream, why I am giving so much value? You have to live, live, finish. Feel that you are untouched. Yes, you want to see the movie, enjoy the movie, but don't get involved into it. But we cannot but involve ourselves to this projection, to this apparent existence in which we are living now. We cannot say it is dream because we are not experienced to understand that. There comes the question of practical purification of the heart. This mind is not allowing me. When that awakening, what Swami Vivekananda is saying, that I 
I'm tired with these things. I have seen enough. But it is not making any meaning to me. Right? And the whole world is teaching us, don't try to learn about the higher truth. Just eat, sleep, drink and die. That's what Kathu Upanishad says. Martha eva jayate pachyate punaha. Sashyami eva martha jayate pachyate punaha. Are you born like that of the grains of rice and paddy? We grow and one day we die. We sing. Really, if we look at our life from our childhood, what we are doing? Childhood goes in a knowledge of unknown. We do not know. Candy, sweets, running, playing, this, that. And then we grow to school, to college, and then get all this, all our, uh, what you call our um, qualifications and survival tools. And then what happens? We do bring house, money, this, that. Then what? Ultimately, what happens? Ultimately, at the point, it is not frustrating. But to analyze, this is the path of Vedanta. Vedanta gives us a very clear description of the truth. So if one wants to follow the Vedanta, then that will be the clarity. But still, if we think hundred times, as Swami Vivekananda said, that he was going to Rajasthan, and he was watching that every day there are beautiful waters eh, in, the, uh, in the desert area. And every day he is moving, and he is thinking, bah, Beautiful water in the middle of the desert, no? And one day really he felt thirst. And then he went and found, oh, oh, it is not real water. It appears to be water. It is uh, the refraction theory of light. Because of that, it is appearing that it is water. So he knew it. He said, this is our delusion going on. But even knowing people will see the delusion. But to come out is our struggle. And Vedanta gives us this guidance. And now comes, sometimes we reconcile, this is the Maya part of Vedanta. We will have to be very strong in it, to understand the play, what is going on, what I am, how I am involved, how I cry, how I weep, how I become a puppet in the hand of Anyone's smile, anyone's little bitter look. We have no freedom in this world and we think we are big powerful people. So this is the Vedanta teaches, no, you will have to know this and you have to come out of it. By understanding the play of the Maya, the divine Maya. Now, what is this Maya? When will it be continuing? It is said... That this Maya, we do not know when it started. Really, when, when the day we join, you know, in this journey in this world, and a baby born, since then that day we see this world, the sun, the moon, the stars, the friends, these, that, and it is going on till we die. So we do not know when it ended. It started. That's why it's called Maya. Has a, no beginning. But Maya has an end. You attain to that knowledge, you see, the dream is gone. Where did the dream go? That is the question. Where did the dream go? This question will not come, arise in your mind. 
when we get up in the morning, we never question, where did the dream go? I said, anyone you did this question to yourself? So we are already 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years age here. Just ask this question, did you ever question yourself, oh, so I was dreaming such a dream, where did it go? It, it, it like that, it is this, this dream will go with the dawn of knowledge, the veiling and projecting powers are withdrawn from us. Or we are courageous to see the truth, the screen behind all this fun and play of this world. This projection, what is going on? You are not seeing all the time the screen and screen and screen, the stainless, colorless, powerless, what you call the all-pervading white, pure ananda, bliss. There's nothing has come in between. Now, that maya in, in the tantra, they call this word maya as maha-maya. If I talk very philosophically, I'll say, I'm, I'm giving a wrong statement. Vedanta maya, normally we reconcile it that way. But Vedanta maya and tantra maha-maya are not same. There is a certain distinction. As I said, maya, as I am seeing now, it is here, it can go with the dawn of knowledge. When the light is on in the movie hall, powerful light, you see the white screen. Though there is a least reflection, you can see eh, something going on over the screen, but in a bright light, those have no impact on your life. That is called maya vanishes. It is said, in Panchadasi, there is a beautiful word, maya is called sa na no harsada. See, it's a Vedanta book. I am surprised to use this word. See, it is hidden. It is as if like a mother. Swanashena Harsada. Maya is playing a trick with you and me, and she'll be very happy when people recognize and she goes away. Swanashena, by the Nasho destruction of her own reality as veiling and projecting power, when it goes, she becomes exceedingly happy. Oh, this child has understood me. So this, this is the impact here. But Maha Maya, you see, Maya is ending at a point. At the point of illumination, Maya's impact will not be on individual. Because they may see, when they come out of Samadhi, like Ramakrishna, he is walking in the street. He is talking to Noren. He's loving, he's feeding sweets, he's saying all the spiritual issues, topics, but he's no more deluded. He sees something else along with it, and he was never deluded once. That is the beauty of Vedanta. It says, if you realize once, then you are freed from forever. Now let us go to the little bit of the Tantra. Tantra is the same term, Maya, Cosmic ignorance has been termed there as Mahamaya. But I am making a philosophical distinction first, and then we'll ignore certain philosophical side of it, but in practical side we'll find that what, we are, what Swamiji is doing, that is the correct perspective of life. So what he says, Mahamaya is inscrutable truth. Mahamaya is all the time there. 
and Mahamaya is beginning, you cannot find, end, you cannot find. Why? It is equal to, according to Tantra, it is Brahma Shakti. Brahman and the Shakti, Brahman and its power are not too different. You are a musician, you are sitting over here now. So, and when you sing a song, your music, we call you musician. But your music part is not like that. This is called the music part and this is called the person. You cannot separate out. So similarly, Brahman and its power to manifest in this world, in diversity, you cannot be separated. You cannot make a slice of Brahman and this Mahamaya, mother. It is the Shakti. And Ramakrishna reconciled it wonderfully. He said that it is like uh, water and its fluidity. He said it is like a pearl or jewel and its glow. You cannot separate these two things. Wherever there is a jewel, that, that jewel will emit light. And he said, he says, infinite ocean, ocean and its ripples or waves, they are not to separate. Wave and ripple or the ocean itself, they are not separate. It is all H2O. So there is one, but it appears by the will of mother. They call Mahamaya means a endearing term that that is called the Mahamaya is the mother, mother. And mother is a force, is a power of that Brahman. And that's why we did that Kali Puja. That was also the reason we took, took this topic. You see that Shiva is on the uh, ground. Shiva is the emblem of purity, love, absolute. And he does not do anything. See, in this image when we do, it is Shiva is lying and almost eyes closed, oblivious of what is going on in the universe, eh? Satchida Ananda. And then you find that the mother is standing on his chest. How come? Because it is coming from the wish of the Brahman. Eku Vahang Bhushyama, Upanishad says, I am alone, I like to be many. And Prajayeti, and he created this whole cosmos whole universe. That Brahman alone is the reality and that is manifesting. That's why the mother aspect is coming. And you see the unique tantric concept that it is mother. Don't think like Christian ideas that God is all good. Good means for me. I think it is good. God should have to do like that. Then he is good God. But if he does not do what I want, then God is very bad. And God, I prayed to God so many times and God does not listen. People question what happened, God was sleeping in 9-11. He has no duty, Are so many people are getting killed and he is sleeping. Here is the point that it is, that it is the, God is actually in this term, it is mother having two aspects. We need not have to bring another devil equally powerful to combat with uh, truth or love. Hatred, love. So opposite. So we have to put the hatred to whom? 
or somebody, some devil has done. Some Satan has done. So it, we are safe. Then God is all good. Then I will say, God is powerless. The devil is doing, Satan is doing all this job all the time and creating trouble for us. But it is, Tantra gives us a beautiful insight of it. Tantra is saying that, you know, he's like mother. If the child does something wrong, mother spanks sometimes. In, don't, don't do it here. <laughs> In India we can do that. <laughs> but here, the, anyone noticing, then he will go to jail. So, so be careful. <laughs> but, point is that, Mother, loving mother. But many, also another point, before I go further, I'm telling, because every, many people have different concept of mother. I'm not talking about that mother who is not mother. Huh? Many people say, oh, you talk of mother. I, I First I came and I really, I was uh, overwhelmed to hear that you talk of mother. You know what my mother did. I mean, Mama, I'm not talking of that mother. <laughs> I am talking... I am talking of mother means really mother, <laughs> who sacrifices, who gives the love, who gives the life, who get, dedicates everything, forgetting about her own needs and own uh, any return. So only giving, 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 giving love, giving affection, giving protection. Huh? Any trouble, trouble come, mom, oh, mom is there. So that is called the mother. So here the mother is holding both the things. Mother. Spank sometimes for the good of the child. Child may ask, I want to eat this. Mom knows the baby's stomach is not right. If it is given, it will make it worse. So even the baby cries and weeps and says, Mom, give it. He said, no. And then the child may think, my mother is very heartless, cruel. The divine mother also plays the same way. We do not know what is ultimate good, what is temporary good. Even through the evil or so-called bad, we learn so many things. Rather, in our best learning is through our sufferings and our uh, troubles when we go through that. We, when I am happy, I don't need any God at all. I have money, I have bank balance, and I have every car, and my friends are very nice, and everyone appreciates me, and says, you are great, great, great. I don't need anybody. I am sufficient there. But there is a point when something else is also coming in life. Who in this world can say, I never faced any challenges like that? I think there will be nobody to say that. Huh? So this is the point, it is the mother's play. Tantra will look after this as a mother's play. Mother loves me, that's why devotees get so much solace. In suffering and pain, in disastrous situation, they get the peace. Oh, it is coming from mother. Or it is coming, those who say the same, say it is coming from God for my well-being. Rajanikanta Sen was a wonderful, great a mystic poet, and he said, Oh Lord, what is your grace? You came in my life in the form of an incurable disease. Tai bujhiya dayal vadhi dile more jatona dile prachur. That's the reason. You have given so much pain and agony to my life. I didn't understand. Rabindranath Tagore is saying, huh? 
এই জীবনে নো হোয়াট ইজ দ্যাট জানি নাই তো তুমি এলে আমার ঘরে আই ডু নট নো দোয়েন হিজ ডিজাস্টার কেম অ্যান্ড হিজ হার্ট ইজ ব্রোকেন টু পিসেস বিকজ অফ দ্য বিলিভমেন্ট অফ হিজ সান প্রোবাবলি অ্যান্ড হি সেট ও লর্ড আই ডেন্ট আন্ডারস্ট্যান্ড দ্যাট ইউ সান্ড সাইলেন্টলি মেক ইউর ওয়ে ইন মাই হার্ট সো দ্যাট ইজ দি ডেভোটি স্ট্যান্ড ডেভোটিস ডাস নট লুক আপন দ্যাট ইজ ইভেল অর এনি ডেভেল দ্যাটস ওয়াই ইন দ্য মাদার্স ওয়ার্ডশিপ উইল ফাইন্ড ওয়ান হ্যান্ড হোল্ডিং দ্য সোর্ড লেফট হ্যান্ড টপ সোর্ড অ্যানাদার হ্যান্ড টেরিবল ব্লিডিং হেড ব্লাড ইউজিং ডিস্ট্রাকশন অফ দি ইগো মাই মিন আন্ডারস্ট্যান্ডিং my attachments my uh, activities which is set around my little self and the other side blessing and boon i am there for you child what do you want get it so these are the thing beautiful in the tantric concept so you see tantra is not contradictory to vedanta because through that mother's training in which we are going through giving us joy giving us suffering giving us pain giving us all types of benefits of life at the same time it is like a mother holding the hand taking us from one stage to the other stage till we realize the brahman which is the base Yeah, from which she is there. Her purpose is selfless, pointed. Mahamaya has no purpose. She is not angry with us to give us penalty and punishment. That is the concept. In our, all the religions started with that concept of fear and fright. But this is not the same thing here. It is God, Mother has a purpose. and that purpose she is selfless she has no other motivation she wants me to be as a child to be in joy and peace and blessedness that's why she is taking me in so many ways she is protecting me she is giving me boon at the same time she is sometimes spanking sometimes scolding sometimes trying to correct us in different ways in through we go through so this is the important point where we find that the tantra is a practical sadhana or spiritual practice this is a practice which can be done that everything is pulsating with the with the divine mother's uh, presence and ramakrishna saw that mother 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 everywhere ram prasad kamalakanto some mystics and they experienced the presence of the divine mother in every being in the trees in the plants and even is god is there is no such place as where there is no mother and that is seeing brahman everywhere as it is called in vedanta so the question is that it is the truth can be uh, reached in so many ways and this understanding about this in the chandi if i read this verse probably you read many times it is the 11th chapter 5th verse it is said ষ্ণবী শক্তিরনন্তু ক্যান ডিভাইড ইট ইন ডিফারেন্ট সেগমেন্টস তং বৈষ্ণবী শক্তি ইউ আর দি পাওয়ার 
of this Vishnu. Vishnu means God Vishnu. And Vishnu in Vedantic way is that one who pervades everything. And you are the Shakti. See how it corroborates with our concept of the mother worship. So she is coming Vaishnavi Shakti. Mother does not live alone. She and the consciousness behind, they are the same, only manifestation and are not manifestation. So when one goes to samadhi or anything, they go to through the mother, go to that state of oneness with what is the eternal substance. And this is only her play going on. Eh? Ramakrishna said this is her play going on. Eh? To understand why it is that, why it is that, you can put hundred questions, but it, there is no absolute response. Ramakrishna said in one place, he is like a child. Virata sisu khelicho anamani. You are, he said, like a great child. This is child plays. There is no meaning and purpose of it. But when they play, they play very seriously. You go to the beach, you have the experience, eh? how the children are building every day eh? so much of castles and this and that. And at the end of the day, when mom says, let us go, you see, there's no attachment. The baby comes out, just thrash it. See, this is the play of the Divine Mother. So we need not have to understand. Our point is that we have to get out of the problems of suffering and pain. So it is said that Tang Vaishnavi Shakti, you are the power of that Vishnu, all-pervaded Anantabhirya, you are the power of infinite valor, infinite strength. And you are the Vishwasabhijam, you are the Bija, the seed of the Vishwa, of this whole cosmic creation. You are the seed from which everything... See, Upanishad also saying the same thing. I was alone, and I wanted to be many, and from that I manifested myself. So it is all mother. We are only putting our misconception on it, our little ego, and that's also play of mother. But it is good. You may say, it's mother's play, let us enjoy. Okay, enjoy. Don't cry only. If you want to cry, then you have to pray every day, mother, mother, mother. Yeah, you take care, you take care. Vishwasabhijam. Huh? And you are paramashi. Parama maya. That is the deluding aspect of the mother. Huh? She does not easily want to give, show her divine form. So she hides at the background. Sammohitang Devi. And you have the capability to delude, mesmerize, even the, the knowledge of the people of wisdom. Samastametat. All this whole universe, gods, angels and everything is under this even Nothing in the universe is beyond mother. It is said, Brahma, Vishnu, Maheshwara, and the Hindu trinity, or anything created, gods, angels, all come under the domain of mother. Because absolute is absolute. Absolute manifests. Then comes the creation. So whatever you think about the universe, it is nothing but mother, and she is the root, or the bija, or the seed, of all these, and she is the most powerful, and she is deluding. Sammohitam, he did not delude one person, two person, samastamitat, of all this creation. And Tvangbai Prasanna, if you are pleased, then Bhuvi Mukti Hetu, that becomes a cause of freedom, and freedom from bondage. So, let me conclude.
with this Swamiji's beautiful poem because I am very much intrigued into it. Every time it gives me great joy to look at life in this perspective. He is saying, see how we have to approach Mother. He said, Swami Vivekananda in the poem, My Play is Done. He says, you sent me out in the dark to play and wore a frightful mask. Then hope departed. Terror came and play became a task. Tossed to and fro, from wave to wave in this seething, surging sea of passion strong and sorrows deep, grief ease and joy to be. Where life is living death, alas, and death, who knows, but it is another start, another round of this old wheel of grief and bliss. Where children dream bright golden dreams to too soon to find them to dust and look back to hope long lost and life a mass of rust. Too late, the knowledge age both doth gain, scarce from the wheel we are gone, when fresh young lives put their strength to the wheel, which thus goes on from day to day, year to year. It is but delusion's toy, false hope is mirror, motor, desire the knave, its spokes are grief and joy. I go adrift and know not whither, save me from this fire, rescue me, merciful mother, from floating with this desire, turn not me to me, thy awful face, it is more than I can bear, be merciful and kind to me, to chide my faults for wear. Take me, O mother, to those shores where stripes forever cease, beyond all sorrows, beyond tears, beyond even earthly bliss, whose glory none, neither the sun, nor the moon, nor the stars that twinkle bright, nor flashing of lightning can express. They are but reflected. Let never more this delusive dream veil of thy face from me. My play is done, O mother. Break my chains and make me free. Thank you. Om Vishveshwari Tvang Paripashi Vishwam Vishwatmikadharashiti Vishwam Vishveshubandya Bhavati Bhavanti O Queen of the Universe, you protect the universe as the self of the universe, you support the universe. You are the goddess, worthy to be adored by the Lord of the universe. They become the refuge of the universe who bow down in devotion and love to you. Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Peace, peace, peace be unto us.